Hey JJ, the 2020 NFL Combine has come and gone. What's your breakdown? Well, this year for the fifth year in a row, the SEC had the most Combine invites. They led the way with 93, and the Big Ten came in second, at a, a distant second actually, with only 57. And the Pac-12 was in third place with 47. Um, nearly ha- nearly um, okay. the SEC nearly doubling the third place um, contender. Well, JJ, the SEC had 27, rough, almost 28% of the invites at 93. They had 60% more, 63% more invites than the Big Ten at 57. What does this tell you about the two conferences? Well, that tells me that the SEC is getting more invites than the Big Ten. Okay. Well, what do what? How many schools are in the SEC? Is it fifteen? Fourteen. Both have fourteen. Both okay, that's what I want to know because I had a per capita numbers down. Okay. Um. <clears throat> and similar to the draft, uh, the actual draft, the with SEC has had the most people drafted for thirteen consecutive years. Um, I think there's a reason they're getting the invitations to the combine. The NFL is looking at SEC players. Before I go further, I want to make a disclaimer that uh, I am indeed uh, an Arkansan, born and raised, living in Big Ten country, graduated from a Big Ten school, Michigan State, actually two degrees from there. Now, back to the uh, combine. With the SEC receiving 93 and the Big Ten 57, why do you think the SEC is always way ahead of the other conference? And specifically what we're talking today, why, why are they way ahead of the Big Ten and uh, their draftees and their invitees? I think it's the emphasis that, that it put on football. I don't think the Big Ten, the Pac-12, or the ACC has the same emphasis on football that the SEC does. I think... Um, They've always led the way in facilities and, and just the investments that they place into into football. It's the national sport of the South before it became the national sport of the nation. Football was that. So, I mean, ACC is historically a basketball conference. You know, Duke, North Carolina, um, Virginia, all of those schools, they're very basketball-centric. The Pac-12 has always been, I mean, sports have always came secondary to other things in life in the Pac-12. In the Big Ten, they used to dominate in football, but uh, I think with the population shift, I think that's part of it. But I also think that they um, consider themselves to be more mm, diverse in their endeavors. And I don't think they're as exclusive to football the way that the South can be. So in the SEC, it's true. It just means more when it comes to football in the SEC. Something has to. Okay. Hey, well, getting into a little bit more detail in this draft, I, as I look, there were more wide receivers invited to this combine, and I said draft early. There were more wide receivers. 55 wide receivers were invited. Of those 55, 15 were from the SEC, and nine were from the Big Ten. Uh, and then after that, we go, the, there were offensive alignments. 52 offensive alignments were invited. 
14 from the uh, SEC and eight from the Big Ten. I will move on to one area, uh, one position rather, where the Big Ten had more invitees than the SEC, and that was cornerbacks. The Big Ten had seven, SEC had had six. When you go back, uh, JJ, and look at the the uh, combined and whole, what kind of stands out for you from that? Well, I think this year is very much a wide receiver heavy draft year. So it's not that big a surprise to me that the the position group that had the most invitations were the wide receivers. I mean, you look at Alabama and they had three draft eligible receivers that people were touting as first first uh, day picks. And and that was just Alabama. LSU also had a, a triumvirate of uh, wide receivers. I think um, it's a passing league now more than it has ever been. And I I really believe that they're trying to get looks at wide receivers. There's been a a shortage of wide receivers in the NFL, or at least a turnover of sorts, with um, a lot of you know elite receivers either aging out or retiring or whatever is happening with Antonio Brown. There's just been a lot of turnover at the position, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of new quarterbacks who need receivers. Well, JJ, let's go in and look at some of the teams and the receivers. Uh, you mentioned Alabama, and we'll get to Alabama in a little bit more. But uh, I want to start with Ohio State. Ohio State had three players invited, K.J. Hill, Austin Mack, and Ben Victor. Any one of those receivers uh, stand out to you? I think they're all um, sleepers. I think uh, K.J. Hill and Austin Mack are third rounders or below and I really like Austin Mack. I as a Cincinnati Bengals fan in full disclosure and full honesty, I, that's a that's a player I've been targeting. Um Ohio State has a history of producing cornerbacks and wide receivers. Those are the two positions that they're most notorious for their production. And I I think Austin Mack could be next in the in the lineage of of great wide receivers coming from Ohio State. Okay, Alabama. Henry Ruggs the third. How would you evaluate uh, his NFL potential? He He's a first-round uh, top 15 pick, and he doesn't even have to be a number one receiver to be that because of the way you have to defend him. He had 4-2-8 speed at the combine, and he made it look easy. Um, there were thoughts that he could possibly compete with John Ross at 4-2-2, and he didn't, while he didn't do that, his speed is something that you have to account for at all times because that could be six points no matter where you're at on the field. So just just because of that value, I think um, Henry Ruggs is going to go very high. He has a type of athleticism that can't be taught and can't be trained. And I think, while I think Jerry Judy runs, has a better route tree and is a better receiver, and I think my favorite receiver in the draft isn't in the Big Ten or the SEC, it's CeeDee Lamb, personally. I think the type of speed that Henry Ruggs has will make him a valuable commodity that all NFL um general managers will cover it. JJ, you mentioned Jerry Judy. I just want to state the fact that he is a Crimson Tide as well from Alabama. So uh, you say he has better route tree. Where where in the draft do you project uh, potentially? I don't think either of those receivers will be around after pick 20. I think Jerry Judy would go before Henry Ruggs, actually. I think he's a top 10 pick. Um, I really hope he doesn't go anywhere in the AFC North. 
Well, looking at the wide, wide receiver position, there's, like I said, there's 15 from the SEC and nine from the Big Ten. Uh, is there anyone of those that, anyone in particular among those, those uh, receivers that you would like to uh, talk about? My sleeper receiver is actually Lynn Bowden Jr. He's a receiver who... What's cool? He's, he's a receiver who led Kentucky in rushing this past year and, and came within, uh, I believe it was 200 yards of breaking the school record in rushing, playing as a quarterback. So he has versatility written all over him. I believe he won the Paul Hornig Award for most versatile player. He's a receiver that I think can be incredibly dynamic as out of the slot. He's listed at 5'10 in college, but the combine had him measured at 5'8 at and some change, I believe. So his size will, will be a, a mark against him, and that's why he's projected as a second or a third rounder and not a, a first rounder. But I think he's the type of uh, release valve safety blanket that a young quarterback like Lamar Jackson would really would really love to compliment um, someone who has game-breaking speed and Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think he'd be a good fit there. I think he'd be a good fit anywhere, honestly. I think he's a chain mover. I think he's a slot receiver that um, that really will have value going forward. Okay. Uh, those are the wide receivers. Anyone else at wide receivers, or should we move on to another, another position? Out of the Big Ten, I like Cody White. He did not run well whatsoever. I think he ran like a 4 7 um, But I like his... Uh, while while he has a slight frame, he is very competitive, and he um I like his his jump ball ability, and I like his competitiveness. I think he is a sleeper. I think his time on 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 the forty won't actually indicate how well he can be as a football player running in pads. So I think he's a type of player that will slip that um pat way past the third round, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth. I think he's a type of guy to keep an eye out. Well, for some of you. Fans who are not Michigan State fan or who don't know Cody White, he is a Michigan State Spartan. Uh, just wanted to mention that, make sure that we knew wh- what school he was from in, in this Big Ten SEC uh, podcast. So where to now, sir? Let's, if, uh, I think the next position... Um, that we should probably address is the running back position. Uh, the running backs. Seven from the SEC and four from the Big Ten. Would you like to, to list those and explain to me how Maryland had two running backs I invited to the combine? Well, I, I can't explain why Maryland had two running backs invited. I, I think that they're probably pretty good. Um, it's kind of like how Iowa always has multiple tight ends uh, invited to the combine, even when they don't pass a lot. I, I guess Maryland just found a pipeline and, and got some talent. But those are the two I didn't. The two I wanted to actually talk about um, in the entire um, SEC versus Big Ten. Out of the eleven people, it uh, out of the eleven running backs selected, the two I want to talk about are both from the Big Ten. J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor, I think, will be the best running backs out of this class. And Jonathan Taylor's um, forty time will vault him, skyrocket him up to the draft boards. I did not think he would run a 4-4, but once those results came in, um, I think uh, any questions about his speed are no longer lingering whatsoever. Well, he had a great college career, no doubt about that. Uh, uh, Talk a little bit about J.K. Dobbin from Ohio State. 
Yeah, he's a dynamic uh, back that I think will really show his value and his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. He has really good vision. And I think that and his um, elusiveness in tandem will make him a player worth targeting. I, I don't know if he'll go in the first round, second round, um, you know, maybe even third round. But I, I, I think that he is someone I would like to have on my team and would not want my opponents to have on their team. Let me ask you this. Uh, Jonathan Taylor will go – he will be the first running back picked? Yes, no? Oh, I'm not entirely sure what the projections are. I would pick him first. I like DeAndre Swift. I like the Michael P. P. Ryan. Okay, and we'll mention the school. P. Ryan is with Florida, and Swift is with Georgia. But I, um, I, I like. I think Jonathan Taylor is a complete back. You know, he's ran for over six thousand yards in a three-year career, um, and normally that would have a little bit of concerns when you have that type of uh, mileage on. On, on your um on your body already. But he only played three years and he, I didn't recall him taking a lot of hits. He had a low center of gravity, great balance, and he was more elusive than he gets credit for. I I really didn't see him take too many big hits, even though he was a focal point of the offense. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't see him take many big hits either. And and he really, really impressed me. I I was I, I didn't think he would perform as well as he did against some teams that would be geared up to stop him. And he still performed well. So he was, to me, the best player, the running back that I had seen uh, in, the, in the last season. Uh, but the Big Ten has four, got, four running backs at the Combine. The SEC had seven. Uh, we'll see how it all shake down. Uh, the, I would like to talk about the glamour position. And we all know what the glamour positions, position is, and that's the quarterbacks. The SEC had four invited, the Big Ten, I'm sorry, the SEC had seven invited, the Big Ten had four. Uh, uh, Iowa... What, what, what are the four quarterbacks? Seven quarterbacks that the SEC had. The, there were four quarterbacks from uh, the SEC. Did I say seven? You did say seven twice. I, I'm sorry. They had, they had four quarterbacks and the Big Ten had three. The four from the SEC, uh, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Missouri. Uh, talk about any, let's talk about the SEC first. Give me your breakdown of the SEC quarterbacks. Well, to be fair, the Big Ten and the SEC tied for four because the number one overall pick, a future Cincinnati boat, Joe Burrow, started his career at Ohio State University, <laughs> which is in the Big Ten. He will be the number one pick. Full disclosure, I am a humongous Cincinnati Bengals fan, and I do believe he's the reincarnation of Tony Romo, but better. And I I think he should deservedly be the number one draft pick. Um, I have many reservations about the second uh, quarterback in the draft. Uh, to the consensus second pick, uh, second quarterback, Tua Tungavaloa. Outside of his very concerning injury history where he's had two bionic ankles, a hip issue, he seems to be not, outside of his lack of durability, I don't like his, I don't like his arm strength. I don't like his um, ability to get to a second read. And I think that he might have 
he might be um, befalling some of the issues that USC quarterbacks in the past have, where the luxury of the positions around them had didn't necessarily prepare them for the next level. I, he's amazing at identifying his first read, and people often compare him to Drew Brees and his ability to like, you know, get get to his first read. But every time he's gone up and faced comparable com- uh, competition with NFL talent at at cornerback, he's struggled and he's looked average or worse. He he does not have a strong arm. He's he's not naturally left handed. His dad made him left handed. He does everything else right handed. Um, that lack of arm strength is concerning. Joe Burrow doesn't have the strongest arm either. But it's noticeably there's a noticeable more um, zip on on his balls than than on Tua's. Tua's also shorter um, at six one. And does does Joe Burrow's hand size uh, have any concerns for you? His hand size is most comparable to the reigning Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. I am not concerned whatsoever with the size of his hands. Okay. Um. But Tua's lack of arm strength and his inability to show anything when he's off schedule when um when he's behind schedule when the first read isn't there and second he has to go to his second and third read now i i <clears throat> and that's with having second and third receivers as you know henry ruggs is his second receiver and who's the freshman i can't remember uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember the freshman from Alabama either. But we we understand your point is that he has great talent to throw the ball to. Yeah, he, had, he had, outside of his great talent, the two things that he were, his, he's renowned for is his anticipation and his uh, quick release. And I think those things are great. And I think given the opportunity to heal and watch under a, uh, a veteran quarterback, I think Tua could have a fine career. But... I am very. I am concerned. I do have some concerns. Injury prone. Well, that the, the injuries don't help. The height, the lack of arm strength. Okay. Um, what What about Jake Fromm, Georgia? I would not draft him in the first five rounds. I um, he reminds me a lot of Curtis Painter. Actually, he's not very big. He's not very fast. He does not have a strong arm. He has a his his calling card is his the back th- uh, shoulder throw. He's very accurate doing that. But he is very inaccurate on making so many other throws that I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Personally, I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers draft him. <laughs> okay, okay. The last quarterback in the SEC who, in the SEC who was invited, uh, Kelly Bryant, uh, transfer from Clemson. Uh, started super well at Missouri and then got injured. Uh, what can you tell me about him? His, his issues at Missouri were the same issues he had at Clemson. He does not see the field well. Um, he has the physical tools. He has, um, you know, he's, he has a pretty big frame at 6'2". Um, he has the speed. He has the arm strength. That's not the issues. He he holds on to the ball a lot. He actually reminds me a lot of um, a more mobile, not as tall uh, Nick Foles, kind of. I think if in the right hands, in the right system, under like a, you know, a Doug Peterson or an Andy Reid, I think he could be successful. But I don't think he'd be successful anywhere. I think he needs to be in the right system, and I think he can be um, a very successful quarterback. But I I have some reservations about Kelly Bryant as a prospect. Okay, Big Ten time. Three invites to the combine from the Big Ten. Uh, Iowa, quarterback was invited. Uh, Nate Stanley Shea Patterson from Michigan, 
and Brian Lewerke from Michigan State. Uh, which of those three is, is the best quarterback? Uh, can I say, can I pick option four? Neither. I don't like any of these quarterbacks whatsoever. I don't think. I don't. I definitely don't think Trey Patterson should be drafted. I am a Michigan fan. I've watched all of his games, and I don't think he should be drafted into the XFL. If I'm being honest, he's short. He's not particularly fast. He's inaccurate. He gets jittery under pressure. He doesn't see the field well. I can think of more negatives, and I can't have positives. And I'm. I I think he's a really nice person. I think he seems like a really good guy, but I I I am not big. I'm not bullish on Che Patterson whatsoever. Brian Lewerke, on the other hand, has more physical tools. He's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit faster. Although he he ran a lot slower than I had anticipated at the combine. I think he ran like a four eight or four nine. I think he ran slower than Jake Fromm, which is kind of surprising because he 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 can run. He is a better runner than he displayed in his straight line speed. Well, I will say this. I watched uh, Brian Lewerke this last past season, and I've been a Michigan State grad myself. I kind of cringe at some of the throws he made. Uh, his accuracy. I know they said he had an injury. Uh, maybe. I, I can't speak for that. But they had him on the field, and I was really... Really not happy with his performance. So, uh, is he an N- NFL quarterback? He actually reminds me a lot of Kelly Bryant. Where I see tools, I also see accurate accuracy issues, and he doesn't hold on to the ball as long as Kelly Bryant does, which is good and bad. On one hand, um, he will take chances, which can be good, but on the other hand, he will take chances, which can be bad. Um, yeah, I mean, they both of those players are going to need to see the field better for them to be like quality, even quality NFL backups. But I think that they have the tools that, under the right circumstance, you can get you can get something out of. Okay, well, let's move on to a different position. Uh, we've hit the uh, receivers, the running backs, the quarterback, the skilled position. Uh, should we stay with offense, or would you want to go with defense? Our special teams. There are some punters and kickers and even long snappers invited. The only punter worth talking about would be at Arizona State. So let's go to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Okay, pick a position. Let's start with safety. Okay, safeties. It's pretty close. SEC had seven invitees. Big Ten had five. Uh, Any particular safety comes to mind, J.J.? Well, obviously, being a Michigan fan, Josh Metellus is the safety I've seen the most of. But I think the best safety in the Big Ten is uh, either Antoine Winfield Jr. or Jordan Fuller from Ohio State. Um, Ohio State is, I mean, there's a competition between LSU, Florida, and Ohio State, who the real DBU is. And as unfortunate as it is for me to say as a Michigan fan, I think that Ohio State takes that in a a landslide. They have... um, they have the reputation for producing safeties and corners that nobody in the Big Ten can compete with. And honestly, LSU is the only other school in the country, I think, that can really compete with them. Well, I'll say there were 26 uh, safeties invited to the combine. Twelve of them were from SEC and Big Ten schools. So they are kind of dominating uh, that position as far as the combine goes this year. Uh, 
tell me what you think of the uh, the SEC and their safeties. Are there any any particular one that you want to discuss? I mean, we may not be able to get to every position and everybody, but is there anyone that stands out? Alabama had uh, three safeties invited. Uh, Arkansas had one. Auburn had one. Georgia had one. Uh, LSU had one, and Mississippi had one. Mississippi State. I'm sorry, Mississippi State. You're correct. Um, well, Shyam Carter from Alabama is um, he's the safety I have my eye on as a Bengals fan who is in desperate need of well every position, but safety is 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 definitely one of them. Um, actually, we have a pretty good starting safety, but we need someone to compliment him. And I think Shyam Carter would do a good job of that. Obviously, you're probably more privy to Cameron Curl than any of the other safeties. Being an Arkansas fan, I absolutely know a little bit about him. I know he's coming out early. Uh, he's going to have to uh, get with the right team in order to, to, uh, to make himself known. As probably anyone who knows anything about football or SEC football know how poorly Arkansas did the last few years. Uh, and especially defensively. But I will say the defense picked up the past season, and, and Cameron Carroll was a reason for that. But the defense still uh, broke my heart. So that's I can't talk much about that. Okay. Well, how about if we go back to uh, offense and hit the tight ends? I want to hit those really quickly, and then we'll go back to defense. There were 20 tight ends invited to the Combine. Nine of them are from the SEC and the Big Ten. The SEC had uh, seven invited. The Big Ten had two. And I just want to talk about the one guy that I know the most about tight end, and that's C.J. O'Grady from Arkansas. Uh, I think athletically he is major NFL tight end. He had some issues off the field or somehow he, he was dismissed from the team about the last, I can't recall exactly, two to three games he was dismissed from the team. And uh, but and that was what, his third dismissal? Yeah, we don't want to go through all of those things. But I will say, he, he's had some issues off the field. Uh, but on the field, he's a specimen. Uh, he, I think he taught, caught more touchdown as a tight end in Arkansas than any other tight end. If he can get his head together, he would be, in my mind, a second or third round pick. But he probably won't get get selected until five or six. That's just my guess. I mean, I can't predict the uh, these teams. But I just wanted to talk about C.J. O'Grady. Uh, that's, 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 that's all I had to say. As it pertains to tight ends, the one I'm most familiar with is obviously Sean McKeon out of Michigan, mostly a blocking tight end. He, he wasn't able to participate at the combine because of injury reasons, but he should be ready to go at his pro day. And I think he, um, I think he has some untapped receiving potential. I, I think he'll, he'll get drafted fifth, sixth round, and, and he'll make a, a team happy. Obviously, Thaddeus Moss is the is the tight end with the most name recognition as the son of Randy Moss. Um, he has a broken foot, and his production in the last game, in the championship game at LSU, didn't match 
his production over his career at NC State and LSU. But I think there's a lot of raw talent there. And I think um, more than just the name recognition, I think his actual ability will get him drafted in the top three rounds. I think he's a, a guy to look out for. Very good. I, I, I was always a fan of Randy Moss, so hopefully his son will produce as well. Uh, you know, we hit, we hit safeties a moment ago. Uh, the position that I always thought was one of the toughest positions in the NFL to play, and I still think that today, that's cornerback. Uh, you get out of there on that island. The league is a passing league. Uh, you got to have a short memory because no matter how good you are, uh, you're not going to win them all. So talk, talk to me, J.J., about the cornerbacks. And I'll just say before I get started, the Big Ten did have more. This is the only position they had seven, and the SEC had six. There were 35 invited altogether. Uh, no, no conference had more than seven, and the Big Ten led the way on that. But uh, if you would, speak to me about the cornerbacks. Go. Outside of having the most cornerbacks, the Big Ten also has the best cornerback. Jeff Okuda is a probable top five pick. What's cool? Out of Ohio State, of course. Um, he's a probable top five pick. He did get injured doing a drill. Um, I believe it was yesterday where he suffered a, a head or neck injury during a drill at the combine. So we'll have to watch out for that. But he is a complete player. Um, I think uh, it's been going on going through the rounds that he has not. Uh, he did not draw one holding pill, one holding or penalty or pass interference penalty last season. And I think he is the consensus best cornerback in the in the class. Moving over to the SEC, I um I think it starts with Cameron Dantzler and Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs is the younger brother of the Minnesota Vikings, Stefan Diggs. Uh, okay, he's with product. Alabama. Yeah, he is with Alabama, and um, he has a lot of uh, ball skills at, at the position. Um, not totally surprising, given his brother is a Pro Bowl receiver. But he has ball skills. He has return skills. He he's a very skilled player that has a very high bat, uh, high football IQ to to complement his um his physical tools. And I really like Trevon Diggs. Um, another cornerback is named uh, Lamar Jackson, but he is not from Louisville. This one is from Nebraska, and um, I just think it's funny uh, that his name <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he, we'll see if he can be a consensus uh, MVP in the league the way his namesake was last year. But so, how good is he as a as a corner? Uh, he's the second, third round corner. He's he's pretty good. His name uh, his namesake is a little bit better as a quarterback, but. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's pretty good. Can the NFL handle two Lamar Jacksons? For the sake of the Nebraska version, I hope so. Because if it's only one, I, I think the the Baltimore Ravens current Lamar Jackson will win that. Okay. Okay, you mentioned the cornerback uh, from Mississippi State. What was his name again? Cameron Dantzler. Okay, can you elaborate on him a little bit? Uh, I think he's a complete player. I think uh, Mississippi State didn't have the greatest year. They didn't have the most talent. Um, they fired their head coach, so that probably should tell you how their season went. He was a bright spot. Um, I think I don't really know if there are any shutdown corners ever since Revis left. I think he was the last one. Um, I think in the with it with the the league taking a turn to passing the way it has. I'm not sure if there'll ever be a true shut count shutdown corner. I don't think you can shut down a side of the field the way you can now. 
um, just okay. the way uh, defenses are being played and the way offenses are being played and the way the rules are. Um, especially with uh, uh, rub plays and, and pick plays being, I don't think you can shut down a side of the field the way that you could anymore. But I think Cameron Dantzler, I mean, just as a Bengals fan, like he's he's a guy I, I targeted. And I'm, you know, he has the speed to keep up. And that's, cornerback more than any other position, speed is, is necessary. More than wide receiver. Because wide receivers know the play. So they can they can compensate for their lack of speed the way like a you know DeAndre Hopkins can. As a cornerback, you have to react and you have to recover. And I think Cameron Dancer can do that. Well, just from a side note, to uh, get away from the Big Ten SEC, when it comes to corners, I was a humongous fan of prime time. He shut the field down and... It had to have been a boring game for him sometime because they just would not throw his way. But moving on, we've, we've, we've hit the corners. Uh, do you want to go with the defensive alignment? Well, that was a position that I am not nearly as well versed in, so I'll let you lead that. Okay, I will just give some numbers here because uh, it was the third most position invited to the combine. Uh, there were 46 defensive alignment is invited. Of uh, those 46, the SEC and the Big Ten had 25 of them. So extremely well represented. The SEC had 15. Uh, the Big Ten had 10. Uh, Iowa won. Michigan State had two. Nebraska had three invited. Uh, we all know about Chase Young. Uh, Ohio State had four, Penn State had, I'm sorry, Ohio State had two, Penn State had two. Uh, mentioning Chase Young, JJ, uh, how early will he go in your estimate? And what, what, what are his strengths and weaknesses, if he has any? Um, I don't know what his weaknesses are. Uh, he has a bunch of strengths. He will go in the top three picks. Uh, I think he's a top two uh, talent, but there is always a premium to play on quarterbacks, and there's always a possibility that someone will leap up to number two and, and take Tua. So I, I'm not sure if he'll go second overall, but he will definitely go within the top three, as he should be, because um, he is a, a beast, and, and he has been since arriving on campus in Columbus. He he compares himself favorably to Javon Kirst, um, known as the Freak, and Julius Peppers, a guy who could play, you know, Lineback, outside linebacker, uh, stand-up linebacker, um, hand in the dirt, edge rusher, DN. I mean, he just he he was the most versatile defensive end I can remember seeing in my um, time watching football. So I don't know if he'll quite reach that level of versatility, but I mean, Chase Young he has all the physical tools, he has all of the the intangibles, he has a great feel for the game. He cannot be blocked, he cannot be stopped. I do not want him going to a team in the AFC North unless it is the Cincinnati Bengals and we're and we already discussed we're taking Joe Burrow so okay uh defensive lineman SEC had 15 of them Alabama won Arkansas won McTevin a game from Arkansas better known as Socia uh a very very highly recruited guy coming out of high school uh didn't exactly live up to the billing, and I don't think it was his fault. I think a lot had to do with the coaching situations at Arkansas. 
But I think he may develop into a very, very good defensive lineman uh, in the NFL. We'll see how he gets drafted. I don't think he will get drafted highly, uh, but I think he has the chance to really, really produce well. Uh, Auburn had two defensive linemen, Florida two, LSU one, uh, Mississippi had three, Mississippi State one, Missouri one, South Carolina two, and Texas A&M one. Uh, we're getting close, JJ, to reaching uh, our limit. We have two more positions that we want to go over, and those two positions are linebackers and offensive line. Yeah, I cannot speak intelligently about the offensive line. Um, I do not watch the offensive line uh, when I watch football. I pretty much only notice when they make mistakes. But I will uh, note that out of the eight offensive linemen that were invited from the Big Ten, uh, Michigan had half of those. And I did watch a lot of Michigan, so I am more familiar with um, Ben Bredesen, uh, Cesar Ruiz, John Runyon, and Mike Anwenu than I am the other uh, well, I know at the combine, the uh, the guy from Iowa impressed tremendously. Uh, I don't know how much his stock moved up, uh, but I know he he had a great combine. Yeah. Okay. And the SEC uh, offensive linemen they had fourteen, uh, so they were well represented again. Uh, it's. SEC had 14, the Big Ten, eight. Okay. They're the cream of, the, cream of the, the football crop for sure. Uh, any any uh, thoughts on the linebacker backers position, JJ? Okay. Well, as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I am always searching for a linebacker because we have not had one since one worth of salt uh, since, I don't know, the turn of the century. So I'm always on the hunt for the next linebacker prospect. And, um, yeah, there are plenty from LSU to pick from. Four, to be exact. Uh, I like, I like, uh, I don't know how to pronounce, Kalevin Chaosin. I, I like uh, Michael Divinity and, well, I don't know how to pronounce Kalevin. We'll go back to that. Uh, I like Michael Divinity a lot from LSU and, um, the speed is where we is where the linebackers are moving to. You have to be able to cover tight ends, running backs out of the backfield, and I am not entirely sure um, how well uh, Scooter Harris did that. I know you're more. Uh, He's a Arkansas Scooter Harris. Um, he had a great uh, college. Uh, career as I as I mentioned though uh, the Arkansas defense wasn't that good but he he played linebacker not this this year with but last year he was with Drake uh, Greenlaw. Uh, I'm sorry Drake Greenlaw yes from Arkansas they played together uh, they were I, I know uh, Scooter Harris I think he led the SEC in tackles the year before. And this year he was close, but I think he finished maybe third or fourth. But don't hold me to that; I can't remember. But I know, I know he led them the year before, and uh, I hope he does well. I hope he does well. 
Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Joe Bocci, Michigan State. Uh, he's another guy who got kicked off the team uh, before the season was over. But he had a great season up until he was kicked off the team. I expect him to do really well and to, to be drafted pretty well as well. And uh, that's pretty much wrapping up our position. I do want to talk about one thing really, really quickly at the Combine. And that is, I can't remember, there was a punter. From Arizona State? Who did the... Uh, the 23 reps on the bench. Yeah, that was the Arizona the State punter. Tell us a little bit more about him. I don't remember his name either, but I know he did as well or better than any tight end in the class, any wide receiver in the class. There was one wide receiver that had matched his reps and one tight end that matched his reps, and every other tight end wide receiver did worse. Um, you know, there are many Pro Bowl defensive linemen and defensive defensive ends and linebackers. They they put up his reps versus uh, all these um, uh, Pro Bowlers in the NFL, and he did better than them. He is... The only punter I I can I know that um that can rep that much so I don't know <laughs> like that's a secondary skill to have I don't know what his hang time is I don't know how far he can kick it and how consistently he can cough and corner it or whatever but I I know one thing if if you get a, a return back he's the guy I'd want there uh, trying to make the tackle I was about to say the same thing as well uh, same thing as well. Hey, well, you've been listening to Breakdown, SEC versus the Big Ten. We're going to be trying to do this as often as we can. We're going to be, I think the next one up will be the, uh, the, the NCAA conference tournament, uh, basketball-wise. So we're going to do the conference tournament. Be sure to tune in to listen to that. Uh, in closing, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say Woo Pig Suey. Uh, JJ, you got anything you want to say? Go Blue. And who that? Okay, that's it. See you next time. Okay.